Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport. The leader in motorsport safety starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lead Lap Radio for another evening. My name is Tom Baker. Happy to have you along here as we talk racing for a couple of hours this evening. We were scheduled to have... Carson Ware in the WSIC studio with us, but so far, uh, Carson has not made it. We're hoping that uh, he'll get in here before we uh, get off the air here this evening. And uh, we're going to talk with Carson about his exploits in the late model series this year. We've also got uh, scheduled at 8 o'clock, Jeff Abold going to be joining us via the strutmasters.com hotline. Jeff was the winner of the star speedway super modified classic this past weekend up in new hampshire that is one of the three triple crown events for the super modified division jeff getting his first win in that classic uh he's tried for about five years now and finally got himself a win and uh, Jeff, a rising star in the super modified ranks and uh, somebody that's going to really have some fun with us tonight. We're looking forward to talking with Jeff in the second hour. Joining me also in the studio, of course, is our producer, as always, James Mellick. James, a yes, member sir. of the Levine family racing team during the week working in the shop. And uh, you guys... You guys just keep pouring the speed on, man. You didn't uh, get the result necessarily that you wanted um, at um, Indy over the weekend. But, boy, you were certainly fast again. Yeah, we were fast. We showed speed all weekend. It's uh, always good. You go to a racetrack and show speed. So we did that. Got a little damage there in that pit road incident there. And, and yeah. when you get damaged like that at a place like um, Indy or Daytona or Talladega where they're big aerodynamic places like that, uh, to come out of there with a top 20, that's something that you look at and say, wow, this is a really, really solid program we have here. And I think it just shows how good we are right now and how much we've developed from the first part of the year to the second part of the year. Yeah, no question. I mean, I think, honestly, I don't think you could have asked for much more. I know you you know, you know, obviously would have liked to have won at Bristol, but you know, in all honesty, the last few weeks and really a lot of the last part of this season is we've run up toward the playoffs. Matt and your team have really come together. And now we, we know at least part of the equation for you guys for next year. We know who's not going to be in the car. We know that Eric Jones is not moving over to the 95. We know that Eric Jones is staying in the 20 as I have been saying all along would happen. He's not going anywhere officially signed the contract and extension um, and obviously winning a race helps that a little bit, but nonetheless, Eric certainly deserving, I think of another season in that car. So it is now presumed and I'm doing my air quote thing as we, as I say that it's now presumed that Chris Bell will probably be the heir apparent to the seat in the 95 car. But nonetheless, another good run for you guys. And uh, really, I thought, I mean, you you go to Indy and you just expect that you're going to, pardon me, you're going to sleep through most of this race and not miss anything. Well, I hope you didn't, because if you did, you missed a lot. This actually, for 
a race in Indianapolis, I thought, was a really interesting race all the way through from start to finish. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you had race cars beside each other most of the race. You had people battling for position, people battling to get into the chase there or the playoffs. And, you know, you saw some of them in bad, like Jimmy Johnson, and you saw some of them get in the way they wanted to, like yeah. Ryan Newman. So uh, it had action all over the place, and it even had people talking about safety stuff as long as well with it. Yeah, it. I thought this was, well, I mean, the safety part of it was interesting. If you did not see the race, what James is referring to, Brad Keselowski made some contact with another car and ended up going for uh, a long slide and ended up in a pile of tires, which was kind of interesting because he had the discount tire uh, livery on the car. <laughs> the time so it was almost the perfect sponsor um picture if you want but you he slammed into a pile of tires that that they the track had sort of built as a barrier around a jagged edge that's actually part of the road course that they run and so brad ended up kind of tipped sideways a little bit on the pile of tires and he had this sort of drop out of the car because the car was kind of tipped up on the on the left hand side a little bit had to sort of fall out of the car and uh uh was sort of railing against uh, the safety i i don't know i i had mixed reaction to that my first thought is that he probably was better off slamming into that big pile of tires than he would have been slamming into a jersey barrier at that point because I feel like if he'd hit, not a jersey barrier, that's not what I meant, slamming into a safer barrier, because I feel like the safer barrier might have actually bounced him back out onto the track where the tires just sort of pulled him in and stopped him. Yeah, see, most of the time, that's what I was thinking too, most of the time uh, when you hit tires like we see at Watkins Glen, those cars bounce right off those tires and come back in there. And I don't know what Indianapolis did different than what all these other tracks do with the tires. But when his car hit, it stopped and did not come back out onto the racing surface for any potential well, other hazards. I think the difference was that this pile of tires was sort of stacked up there, but they were loose. They weren't, they weren't, the tires weren't sort of stuck together. So it wasn't so much a barrier. It was a just a big pile of tires that was covering up a, a, a piece of jagged wall, if you will. Basically like a foam pit that a person so, would jump So, yeah, into. he kind of just got sucked in by that pile of tires, whereas, you know, a lot of these tracks that use the tire barriers, you've, you've got the tires stacked up, but then you've got barrier behind it or something kind of holding it all in place. So that's when you bounce off it. I think he was kind of lucky in that sense that, that he had that big pile of tires there. Now, with that being said... I don't disagree that I think IMS probably needs to look at doing something different there. I'm not sure exactly what you do. Um, Brad was not hurt, we should point out, but um, certainly wasn't real happy. But uh, again, I think given the situation, I don't think he would have wanted to have bounced out onto the track because chances are somebody would have clocked him. Yeah, And it could have been much worse. Yeah, they were running up front, you know. so there was a bunch of cars still to pass. I mean, yeah. Um, and we saw that there were cars that made big contacts throughout that weekend. You know, one of those is Landon Castle. Well, yeah, exactly. So the, the, the main story of the race, Kevin Harvick getting the win, 
and totally dominating, I might add, to do it. I mean, this was not, um, this really wasn't even close, to be honest. But, but yet Harvick, I mean, it was, I thought that there was a lot of, there were a lot of stories throughout the race um, from start to finish. Harvick certainly, you know, was the big story in getting the win. I think at the end of the race, the day belonged to Bubba Wallace and the Richard Petty Motorsports team. Bubba showed, again, as I've said all along, and people argue with me all the time, it's like, look, Bubba's not the problem here. This is a brand new team, basically. They started from scratch this year, moved everybody around. A lot of guys gone out of this team. It was almost like a brand new startup team again. And, you know, they, they were playing the long game, knowing that they were trying to build something better than what they had. The equipment that Bubba was getting for most of the year was not what it needed to be. And they finally brought a front-running race car to the racetrack, and Bubba drove it. I'm going to say it again. Drove it straight to the front. He did not qualify there. He didn't get there because 15 people piled up and all the best guys were out. He passed his way to the front and finished a solid third. That car was a fast car and Bubba got it done. I was impressed. And something I put notice on that was he stepped up in all the big races. He stepped up in the all-star race when he had to. He also stepped up in Indy this year. And then he finished at Daytona, his rookie year. So all these big races he goes to, it's like he has something he has to go out there and prove, and he goes out there and steps it up to the next level and yep. goes and runs out front. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I hundred percent agree with that, it, it, and that's funny that you you mentioned that because he has kind of appeared to be a big gamer this year. You know, he hasn't done a lot in some of the other races, but boy, in the bigger races, he's managed. Of course, you know, you get to Daytona and Talladega, their plate races and and like that. But nonetheless, I think Bubba's proved that he he belongs and that. He needs to be in a car that can run up front. If you give him that kind of a car, he will run up front with it. That was a great performance that Bubba put on. And I think as happy as everybody was for Bubba and the Richard Petty Motorsports Group, you have to be equally crushed for Jimmy Johnson and his uh, ally team, Hendrick Motorsports team, it's one thing to not make the playoffs. It's another thing to not make the playoffs because you just crashed out. I mean, that's, um, you know, that was a very hard crash that he had. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm really, really surprised that uh, Jimmy got out of that as well as he did and and unharmed. But I'm thankful that he was able to do that. With that being said, James, I don't honestly believe that you can say that Jimmy Johnson would not have earned the playoff opportunity had he been able to finish up front and get it because that team came to the track this weekend ready to race and go to the front, and by God, they looked like a top five to top seven car. That would have put them in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you. They looked like the old team that they were back when they were running up front. He came to Indianapolis, he knew he had to go win, and he went out there, and he gave it everything he had, just a little racing incident, took him out of it, and, you know, I understand his heartbreak, for sure. Well, you know, it's it's a tough situation there. I mean, this is the first time that Jimmy has not made the playoffs in the history of the playoffs. 
First time ever that Jimmy Johnson not going to be in the playoffs. Really, really tough break for them. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jimmy get a win before the season's out the way that he's looked the last couple weeks. Cliff Daniels made a huge difference in this group. With that, we step aside. We've got more of League Lap Radio presented by HMS Motorsport coming up. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show. Well, Ross trying to uh, get himself ready because the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series playoff gets started here in, well, not here in Vegas, but gets started in Vegas. We, of course, are sitting in North Carolina, uh, and that should be uh, a really interesting 
um, deal the the third round, third race of round one, I should say, for the trucks uh, for the playoffs. And this is going to tell some stories here because we had Tyler Ankrum in here last uh, Thursday on our Motorsports Madness show. And, um, you know, we talked to Tyler extensively. He's probably the driver who is most on the bubble at this point in terms of, you know, he needs to go out. He doesn't need to win necessarily. Um, but he, that team has got to act like it does. Basically, you've got to go out and you've got to race to win and, you know, not just race to try to get to the next round. The fortunate thing for Tyler and that group is that mile and a half seemed to be their best attribute this year. And I think Tyler can get it done. Now, Ross, obviously, in a different situation, that team figures to be in the hunt for the championship. Wouldn't surprise me at all to see Ross go out and win the race. You know, it's we we were talking about Jimmy Johnson just missing the Cup Series playoffs, and we'll get to that field in a minute. But, you know, I think the Truck Series is worthy of some time because when you look at the playoff field in the Truck Series and you, you look at the way that the first two races have gone in that series, I mean, honestly, I would have thought that you know, Chastain would have certainly been a little bit of a bigger factor than what he's been. I think the guy right now, James, in the truck series, though Chastain certainly is 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 very much still in it, and he'll likely make it to the second round. Um, you know, I think um I think Brett Moffitt is the guy who's emerged out of everybody. You know, he he kind of had somewhat of a a less visible season than we may have thought he would have in that truck. But boy, here of late, he's come on like gangbusters. And in the playoffs, he he has been rocking it. And I think right now, I think Moffitt's got to be considered the guy. Um, you know, as we go into this final race of the first round, Moffitt and Chastain are probably the two guys that you got to, if you're going to win the championship, you got to go through those two guys to do it. I agree with you on that for sure. And something about Moffitt that I was thinking about was how you said he was mentioned all year last year, going out there and winning all those races yeah. and doing so on and so forth. Well, there was another guy who did something like that, and this is not me bad-mouthing uh, a company at all. It just took time for them to develop is what I'm going with here as a driver and crew chief, um, was when Johnny Sauter left and went over to GMS as well, it took him time to go win yeah. races. And now Brett Moffitt, him and his crew chief, Jerry Baxter, they have had time to mold together throughout this season. And now look what they've done when it got late into the season. And it's crunch time. They're winning races, and they're one of the guys you're looking at to win a championship. Yeah, I was going to get to Sauter because Sauter's the other one that right now is 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 in peril. I mean, he's he and Ankrum are below the cutoff line. Sauter, two below. Um, Ankrum, 14 below. And, of course, you know, you can make up you can make up 10 points on somebody in the stage or oh, yeah. more, right? So, I mean, you neither one of them are out, but Ankrum's going to have to, he's got to watch Sauter, he's got to watch Mfinger, and probably Austin Hill, to be honest, Matt Crafton. I think the first three pretty safe. Not sure about the rest of them, really. I mean, the way this, this sort of shakes out, but um, certainly I think Sauter and Ankrum are both in jeopardy here. 
And I think if I were if I were going to bet, I would have to bet on Tyler only because their mile and a half program has been so strong. And every time that team, Tyler and that team have needed a big finish to propel themselves forward this year, they've gotten one. He's the rookie of the year. I feel like that team, I would trust Ankrum over Sauter to get himself into the playoffs. But with that said, both of them still with the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, I look at a guy like Grant Emfinger and I say to myself, you know what? He was at the top of the points all season long by being consistent, but he's sitting in sixth. He's two above the cutoff line and, or, or yeah, two above the uh, cutoff line. And I just don't see, I don't see Grant Enfinger contending for a championship. I just don't. I could see either Sauter or Ankrum leapfrogging him and knocking him out of the playoffs in, in this event this weekend. Yeah, consistency will carry you, but once it gets crunch time and time to go into the playoffs, I think you have to win races, and that's when you have to be strong. As you mentioned, Tyler Ankrum steps up every time he needs to uh, this year, and I think he's going to have a shot. And then Sauter, being a previous champion, he knows what it takes to go do it as well, and I think he'll do the same thing. Uh, Nothing mean against towards Grant Effinger, but um, he's just not been as good as the other two this year. Oh, I agree. Just more consistent. Um, I mean, when you break this down, you got Brett Moffitt, you got Ross Chastain up top, then Stuart Friesen, who's who's been extremely consistent. I don't see Stuart unless something bad happens. As long as he finishes well, I don't see Stuart uh, Hill advance. Matt Crafton, Austin Hill. You get into Crafton Hill and Mfinger. They're the three right now in fourth, fifth, and sixth. They're all easily within striking distance for Sauter and Ankrum. If either of those two or both go out and run up front and get enough stage points, but I think that's really what the story is right now. Is you've got to these two guys, Sauter and Ankrum, they've got to get as many stage points as possible, and and or go out and win the race because these are the two guys that are the farthest back. You got to be aggressive. You got to be up front at the end of the stages. Um, you know, and I think both of them are capable, but this is a, this definitely has been a really pleasant s- series to, to watch go down to the wire here. As we get, get to the end of this first round for them, I don't think we know. Uh, I don't think we can sit here and accurately forecast who's going to advance to round two, because like I said, both Sauter and Ackerman are close enough to overtake Hill, Mfinger, and even Crafton and even Friesen for that matter. Um, they're close enough to where they could easily put themselves in with with a good run and a good finish at Vegas this weekend. Yeah, just a simple good run or getting two good stage runs could put you simply in there and a mistake with them on pit road. That's all it takes, a simple mistake, yeah. and you're in and they're out. That's how quick it could be. And Vegas is just, it's such a a competitive, aggressive track for the trucks. They put on such a great show. I love that we're finishing round one on this track because those, those drivers. And again, we talk about the playoff guys, but you got Ben Rhodes back there. He's won at Vegas. You've got Harrison Burton back there with something to prove. You got Sheldon Creed. Who's trying really hard to win a race. You got Todd Gilliland, who it seems the whispers that you're hearing is he's not going to be back with Kyle Busch Motorsports next year, but we don't know that for sure. But Todd's auditioning. You've got Tyler Dippo coming back. 
I believe, it, it, to the O2 truck after, you know, the situation that he was in for a little while. Um, Austin Wayne self, you got guys that run really well at Vegas that aren't in the playoff hunt. Doesn't mean they're not going to be up front for the win hunt. You know, yeah. they're going to be chasing wins. This race is going to be a knockdown, drag out slobber knocker. Well, don't forget a few years ago, probably about f- maybe four, call it five. Uh, John West Townley won that race yeah. on a fuel mileage race. So I don't think you can count anybody out at Vegas. You put your cards out there and see what it comes out. It's Vegas for a reason, right? Well, yeah, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, exactly. right? Uh, unless it's in the playoffs, and then it carries on if it's bad to the next yeah. round so somebody can get revenge. But um, but it, it, this has been a, a, a really enjoyable series this year. I think the most competitive truck series year that I've ever seen in terms of you know, potential winners and the young group of drivers like Creed and Ankrum and, 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 and some of those guys have been super competitive and really made each race a lot of fun to watch. And I think Vegas is going to be a, a great race. Um, so look forward to that one for sure. Uh, the truck series ready to put on a good show this week at Vegas, the, the Xfinity series, and we can continue this conversation as we go into our next segment as well, but the the Xfinity series took a rather dramatic turn, I thought, on Saturday when two of the big three, Chris Bell and Tyler Reddick, went kaboom into yeah. the wall in Indy. Um, and, of course, Kyle Busch winning. We don't even need to spend a lot of time on that. Um, you know, Justin Allgaier getting second, I think, was the story here, um, you know, which would have been a win if Kyle weren't racing. But certainly, I think, establishing the fact that maybe Junior Motorsports, as we get to the playoffs, you know, we, we might be in a situation where, um, you know what, maybe, uh, you know, maybe Junior's got something for him as we go down the stretch. Yeah, Justin Allgaier, been there most of the time, been competitive, made deep runs into the playoffs uh, numerous amounts of times. Yeah. And I think, like you just mentioned, Junior Motorsports is starting to get itself rolling. I mean, Noah Gregson's even starting to get more competitive the later they yeah, roll into the year. Sure. So I'm thinking that uh, they're starting to figure it out over there, and I'm going to be watching Justin Allgaier for sure. Well, it's going to be interesting. Gregson in third, right, or finishing third, but here was the story for, for me of this race. Jeb Burton. Yeah. How cool is that? How yeah. cool is that to see Jeb Burton in the Junior Motorsports number eight with that kind of a run? You know, again, here's a guy, son of Ward, for those who don't know. Here's a here's a young man who's still trying to make his way in to something solid full time, which now basically at this point He's auditioning for 2020. Well, he went out, and again, this wasn't really a gift. He was that fast. Now, obviously, if you leave Bell and you leave Reddick, then who knows, maybe it's a sixth or a fifth or whatever. But you know what? I really thought that Jeb Burton was the star of this show. Love seeing him in fourth. Love seeing Justin Haley get fifth. And love seeing Brandon Jones finally have some luck and finish up in sixth. We'll talk more about the Xfinity and the other side. More of the show after this. 
Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Olero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back. The Big Lap Radio presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. What is HMS Motorsport, you say? Well, here's what HMS Motorsport is. They are the most trustworthy name in motorsport safety. They not only have the best safety products in their retail stores, of which they have two, one in Danvers, Massachusetts, one here in Mooresville, North Carolina, but they're also experts in motorsport safety. They have helped craft a lot of the safety advancements, regulations. They've worked with NASCAR, IndyCar, 
F1, a lot of the, the various uh, series and sanctioning bodies, and they are not just interested in selling you something. They're interested in keeping you safe. If you are a racer, you should be not just buying a helmet online or buying seatbelts online. You should be understanding, is the helmet going to fit me right? And how does a helmet fit properly? Are the belts right for me and for the type of car I race and for the build that I have in terms of my physical build? Are they right for my seat? All of that. And HMS Motorsport can help you with that. They don't care if you buy for them, buy from them or not. They prefer that you would, obviously. They're in business to sell products. But they're more concerned with making the industry safer. So go see Joe. Go see the staff at HMS Motorsport or visit them online at hmsmotorsport.com. They have been great partners. If you go to the Race Chaser Media Facebook page, we've done a number of remote broadcasts from there. We've got two more scheduled this year. And uh, we did uh, safety videos. Each time we're there, we, we do a seminar on some sort of a safety topic, whether it's underwear or helmet fitment or whatever. So go check them out on the Race Chaser Media Facebook page. And we get back to James. You and wanted I wanna, to interject I something. I want to add in on that yes. real quick. Um, being a person that's worked on the interior and worked with them, I know exactly how they are as people. They're fantastic. They'll come over and help you out with whatever you need. You call them, they'll be there to help you. Yeah, you t- have questions. Tell me about your. Ex- I'd like to hear what your experience has um, been on, with you know, the Cup team working with them. I've needed some stuff over there. I was like, you know, I've had drivers and I'm getting set in seats and I get everything set up the correct way. And they all have um, like representatives over there at the company. Each driver works with not each driver, but, you know, um, each of them have a person they like as a representative over there. And they contact their person and they come over and they help you get those seatbelts set up right. They look at everything. They check the Hans. They check it all out for you. Make sure that driver is going to be safe inside that race car. And they even, like, measure the belts out, come over there and fit them, and then they'll make them down yeah. however you want them for that driver right then and there. And they'll that, ask you all that stuff. See, that's my point, is is they, they don't just – it's not just a catalog or a retail store where they just sell you whatever they want or whatever you ask for. They're going to ask you questions. They're yeah. going to ask you, you know, what type of car do you race? What kind of seat do you have? You know, they're going to ask you all the questions. What kind of belts do you prefer? Right. Because we might have this other kind of belt that – We'll do the same thing that it'll get rid of a problem that you don't like right. or something like that. They'll figure out what fits you best because there's certain drivers that like one kind of belt and that's it. Yeah. They're very picky and they'll try to help you stay with that belt or they'll try to help you find something that will make it more comfortable for you. And oftentimes it becomes about solving a problem that you may not have even realized you had. You know, I, I've actually sent the helmet fitment video, for example, to a couple of driver friends of mine who had no idea that there were all these things to consider when, you know, figuring out how to fit your helmet properly to your particular head. And once they saw the video, they actually realized, wait a minute, I think I need to get a different helmet because the one I got, it doesn't match up, doesn't check all those boxes. Um, You only get one head. You only get oh, one yeah. brain, you only get one body. So, you know, I've always been a big advocate of if you can't afford the best safety equipment, don't race. Yeah. Period. Don't. You got to be I safe. I mean, you know, we just had a very bad crash at Myrtle Beach over the weekend. And, you know, 
safety equipment was did that person affected. walk away? I didn't see the no. crash at Myrtle Beach. No. Okay. Um, it you know that there was in serious injury. Um, you know you you just you have to one hundred percent have to have all of the safety technology, the head, proper head and neck restraint fit properly, the proper helmet fit properly for you, the belts, right belts for your situation. The full containment seat, all of those things, because they all work together to keep you safe. Yeah. You know, and that's, I could spend the rest of this show going off on the topic of driver safety because nowadays there's no excuse. We have more technology in driver safety gear, even in fireproof underwear. The Wallero brand has. They, Willero has come up with some advancements in terms of the way that they manufacture their fireproof underwear that make them far safer and far more retardant for far longer than the, the, the traditional underwear um, that, that you sell. So even understanding, here's why Willero is better. It isn't because HMS wants to sell you Willero just because they like it. Or maybe they get some bigger commission or something. None of that's the case. It's because it's the best stuff available. And, you know, I I saw drivers. I was at a, a local short track over the weekend. Saw all kinds of drivers. No fireproof top. You know, they're wearing a t-shirt or whatever. And I'm thinking, you know, if you catch fire, you're going to regret that. Yeah. It's you know, not going to feel good. So, yeah. Uh, didn't mean to get off on, on a safety rant there, but... Uh, we're, we're really, really grateful to have HMS in, as a as a partner with us. And not only because they're so good to the show and good to our family here at Race Chaser, but also because we just believe wholeheartedly that they make racing safer. And that's yeah. their goal. And so, I even see them at the racetrack walking around as well. Oh, absolutely. And if they found out that there could be a potential issue with something and they think that your vehicle could have it, they will come over and check it themselves. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. They're at the racetrack. Well, I've and seen I've seen Austin Langenstein, for example, who does a lot of their trackside services. I've seen Austin walk by a car and he'll see something on that car that there's nothing on that car that's HMS related, you know, but he'll see something that's safety related. And I've seen him actually approach the driver and explain to him, you know, hey, here's who I am. I was walking by the car and I noticed this, you know. I'm not here to say anything. I'm just here to point out if you'll do A, B, and C, and it doesn't even always, sometimes just reinstall it, you know, like a belt, reinstall the belts properly. But, you know, they take the time to go and do that. And and that's, they want everybody to be safe. That's yeah. really what their goal is. So uh, we appreciate what they do for the sport. So we're happy to have them as a partner. Uh, getting back to the Xfinity series, uh, we were talking about the race over the weekend. Greg's in finishing third, Jeb Burton the story for Justin Haley fifth, Brandon Jones sixth. But but looking at the Xfinity series, of course, this is their finale for the regular season um, at Vegas this coming weekend. So whereas the Cup Series starts round one and the Truck Series ends round one, this for the Xfinity Series is their regular season finale. Um, so, you know, this is it. it. You're either in or you're out. And, you know, you, you look at the situation in the Xfinity series and it's pretty obvious that 
you know, there are some guys, your big three have been your big three all year, and I don't really see that changing too much. But here's where this starts to get a little murky. Now, you've got, you know, you get down to 12th place, and you've got Ryan Sieg, you know, at, right there you've got Greg Galding, who's still kind of in the mix. But, you know, you've you've got some guys at the bottom of this order, Annette, Haley, Jones, Nemechek, and Sieg, who've all had their moments where they've looked really, really good, but they haven't gotten wins yet. And again, we get into the playoffs, you're going to have to win eventually. And that's why it's hard for me. I look anywhere below Noah Gregson, which means below seventh. I know Michael Annette won Daytona, but yeah. it's Daytona. He's had five top fives, 15 top tens. But again, you're not going to be able to consistency your way all the way through. You're going to have to win. Um, I'm really looking at seven drivers, Tyler Reddick, Chris Bell, Cole Custer, Justin Allgaier, Austin Sindrick, Chase Briscoe, and Noah Gregson. They're the guys. They're the seven guys that, to me, are going to decide this championship. Unless one of the, the other guys comes out of nowhere and just goes on a run, I think one of those seven is going to be your champion. And I honestly believe Justin Allgaier may have sort of inserted himself more into the conversation with that second-place finish over the weekend because it it appeared as though he and Noah Gregson both had the race speed to contend for wins with the big three, and that's what you need. You, they, whereas Junior, I think, in the beginning of the year and for much of the year was just a step behind, looks like they're finding their speed at the right time. This could be a really tight playoff race all the way through. Yeah, it could be a really, really tight playoff race. I want to jump back to Michael and real quick, how you yeah. said consistently through the years. Um, he didn't, or through the season, he didn't quite have good luck this weekend, did he? No. Uh, with, with, I'm talking with practice there. Yeah, him and Mike Harmon, we could, we could talk about that a little bit more in our next segment. But just for those of you who were not paying attention at the end of the week, Mike Harmon and Michael Lynette had a little bit of a disagreement in practice that ended with Mike Harmon challenging Michael Lynette to meet him and settle it like a man at Applebee's. Yeah, that's what I thought was great was the Applebee's part, how he's like, you know, I love the riblets and all that stuff, and I was just, I, I loved it. I don't know if Mike Harmon was inviting him to sit down for a burger and bottomless fries, and maybe they were going to settle it over the bottomless, I, I, or throw fries at each other. I, I really don't know what Mike Harmon had in mind. Um, but Michael Annette failed to show at Applebee's. Yep. So he passed on the invitation, whatever it was. And we can, we can talk more about that in the next segment. We'll be back with more of Legal App Radio presented by HMS Motorsports right after this. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, 
record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at strutmasters.com. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Jesse Love and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to League Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders of motorsport safety. Tom Baker and James Mellick talking racing with you and uh, having a good time here from the WSIC TV studios in Statesville, North Carolina. Of course, WSIC TV 25-2 in Charlotte, our TV home for our Race Chaser shows and enjoying the uh, new opportunity to get ourselves obviously out into the Charlotte market and uh, hello to everyone who is watching us on TV right now. We continue to talk playoffs and we've got um, uh, Jeff Abold, who was the winner of the Star Speedway Super Modified Classic over the weekend coming up in just a little bit via the strutmasters.com hotline and uh, really have to again say thank you to the folks at strutmasters the suspension experts doesn't matter at this point if you've got a car or a motorcycle uh, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they move on to recreational vehicles but um, either a car or a motorcycle they can improve your ride and they have got some awesome ways to do it 
Um, if you'll go to strutmasters.com, you'll see exactly what I mean. Give Chip Lofton and his staff a call and uh, tell them what kind of vehicle you have and that you're looking to improve the ride of the vehicle, and they will they will uh, design a game plan to help you do that. Uh, Strutmasters is a pretty amazing company. Having toured their facility, I'm, I totally was blown away uh, by the things that they can do and have done for vehicles of all types. Doesn't matter if it's new or old. Uh, give Chip and his staff a call at Strutmasters or just go to their website, strutmasters.com and uh, improve your ride. They are truly the suspension experts. We're thankful to have them as part of our Race Chaser family, and we cannot um, move forward without also saying a big thank you to My Computer Career. They are such a big part of what we do here as well. MyComputerCareer.edu. It is truly uh, a, a tremendous opportunity. Um, it is uh, training for a better life. Just go to mycomputercareer.edu, take the free career evaluation, and you could be in a brand new career in IT in as little as four months. Okay, we continue to talk playoffs here, and we were <laughs> chatting about Michael Annette versus Michael Harmon, um, which I don't think really, um, I mean, it was more entertainment for us than it was a serious story, but I think Mike Harmon was more serious about it than most of the rest of us were. But uh, at any rate, Michael Annette sitting in P8 right now in the playoff race. And um, I feel like obviously he's he's in because he won. How far he goes will be determined by his performance from here on out. He, I believe he needs to step it up or he will not get out of round one in the Xfinity Series playoffs. Yeah, I think um, he's got the talent behind him to do it with the crew guys he's got. You know, his crew chief came over there, was a car chief for Junior over on the 88. Travis Mack went over to LFR, yeah. crew chief over there. I had the opportunity to meet him. Smart, awesome guy. And he's also got an engineer I worked with as well. His name's Kevin Walters. Uh, awesome guy as well. He's an engineer on that team. So he's got the people behind him that have been at the cup level and at these big teams and have the time to develop this car for him. Um, and they're going to give him the best they can. He's just got to go out there and perform as a driver. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and it's really, at this point, it is up to him. And once you get into the playoffs, obviously pit mistakes, you can't make them. So, oh, yeah. So the team comes in as far as the pit crew with their pit stops. But ultimately, to me, the playoffs are about drivers. And, you know, Michael Annette's got to prove he can run up front and, and contend for wins. And I just, I don't feel like he's the guy that's going to be contending for the championship. I can, when you look at this field, you've got the big three in the top three, Reddick, Bell, and Custer. And it really, James, doesn't matter which order you put them in or who's no. sitting where in the points right now. What matters is that all three of them are going to be um, in the hunt, every single race on every single track for the win, it has been a slugfest with these three all year. You know, you're looking, you, you look at it and there's 16 wins between them. That's the a lot of wins. The driver with the least amount of wins is Tyler Reddick. He's got four and he's sitting atop the standings right now. That's Chevy, Toyota, and Ford, all three of them. Well, right that's there. true. And then you've got Allgaier now sitting in fourth in the standings with Austin Sindrick in fifth and those two 
I feel like are bona fide championship contenders as well, though I think Allgaier's got a little bit more of a road to climb, but I, I think all of them, I mean, they've all got wins. They've all proven that they can go into this, and, and uh, I mean, Allgaier hasn't got a win. Um, Kyle ended up getting the win, but Allgaier beat the rest of the cars, right? So I to me, that's a win. Um, I feel like he, though, has to prove over the course of the next three races, three, four races, that he can actually beat Custer Bell and Reddick on more than one occasion. Yeah, you know, I, I he's, agree. He's going he's gonna to advance. He's going to get through the first couple of rounds, I believe. But, you know, in, if you're going to run for the championship, you got to win multiple races here. Yeah, I think the champ comes from the top six, like you were saying. You know, the 98, that's a teammate to Cole Custer right there. So he's going to have the power in the 98 car because yeah. it's over there at Haas. Then you got the 22, which we've seen what they've done back when they had all the firepower with the cup drivers with Joey yep. and Ryan and Brad in that car. So we know the 22 team's strong. Allgaier's been strong himself for years in that seven car. And then, you know, the zero, the 20, and the two, they've been the class of the field all year. So I think it comes from well, one of those six. And, and I think, I, I don't know that Chase can win the championship, but I think Chase has the chance to be a factor, as does Gregson. I think Annette probably not so much. Haley might be the guy who's, Justin loves the Dark Horse label. Yeah. He thrives on it. Now, in the truck series last year, he was able to play that perfectly for a shot at the championship. I don't know if with the stacked deck that's in front of him in the Xfinity series right now, I don't know if Justin makes it to the final four, but could he get through the first couple rounds? Absolutely. If he gets hot and gets some stage wins and gets some, you know, some good stage points, yes, I think he can do that. Um but this is a this is why I, I in my opinion the discussion we're having now is exactly why we didn't need Kyle Busch at Indy. We needed the 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 last few I feel like the last two or three races leading into the playoffs should be included in the cup driver ban. I was about to say don't they have a ban in the playoffs in the no playoffs. cup drivers? Right. Okay. I was but wasn't sure. I that. think they need to to extend that to maybe 3 races out. And the reason why is because if Justin Allgaier wins, that changes the game a little bit. Yeah. You know, Kyle Busch winning took a win away from a an Xfinity guy at a time when, you know, Justin could have used that because it, it's extra plow points and, and all of that. Um, and so it does affect, directly affect the playoff race. I just don't think with with looking at this field and the excitement we've had all year with Reddick Bell, Custer, Sindrick creeping in there, Allgaier. Now, I don't think we need the cup drivers mixing it up and taking spots away from these Xfinity guys as we come down to the to the to the run up to the playoffs. I just don't. And it's been all year those big three, and now they are all three rumored to be in a cup car next year. Um, yeah, we, we, Not, we don't know what they're going to be in, but you know, obviously they're all trying to get to one and being rumored that they're going to be, I will, I will look into our camera here into my camera and say, I believe Chris Bell is going to be in the 95. I think we've solved that equation. Even if we haven't officially announced it, 
I know you can't say it. I will. Yeah, I have no idea. Who's I in that believe car. Chris Bell goes to the ninety-five. I think we've pretty much figured that out. See, because I Process heard the rumor last week. I heard the rumor last week of Eric Jones, and that was the first time I've heard that. Well, one, so I had no idea. We talked we about still that. Still have no idea. And who it's gonna be. even when Tyler Ankrum was here, he speculated that that might happen, and I said, I don't. I just don't believe it. Yes, I, I just don't buy it. It makes no sense to take a guy out of the car he's been running for wins in for two, three years now and and put him into another car just to bring another kid up who, at the end of the day, isn't ready. Well, I mean, he's ready for cup, but hasn't had, you know, cup experience. There's no reason to make that change when the 95 car is proven that it can run solidly inside the top 10. Chris Bell can do his learning in that car, and then when... You know, Denny Hamlin or uh, Truex or whoever decide to retire, you can just move them to the one of the house cars and put somebody else in 95, bring the next guy up. I just, it made no sense to me. So I believe Chris Bell goes to the 95. I think we've eliminated, you're not going to put some other driver in it just for a year. That, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Tyler Reddick is an interesting source of speculation right now because you're hearing a lot of stuff out of RCR. I had heard, or let's rephrase that. You're seeing the on the internet a lot of stuff spec being speculated. Half of it I just laugh at. I saw something that said, well, Daniel Hemrick's going to the 43 to replace Bubba, and Reddick's going to the eight car. Well, okay, but Bubba just finished third. What you gonna do now? Yeah. I, I, again, not Bubba's fault. Why, you know, okay, I so I don't buy that. I think Bubba stays. Um, next thing I hear, well, Hemrick may go to the 13 because Ty Dillon's going to retire. Ty Dillon said that was fake news. Not why, retiring. Why would Ty retire? He's still young. He's younger than Austin is. <laughs> his contract just, is up at the end of this year, I guess. I'm just saying, so he's that, younger than his brother yeah, Austin. I don't, uh, uh, you know... Unless Tyler decides he just doesn't want to race anymore, he's not he's not out of that car. They love him at Jermaine. He loves Jermaine. He's not out of that car. He doesn't want to be with RCR. He wants to be with Jermaine because he wants to have his own sort of identity. Can't blame him. So Tyler is going to so so Ty is going to stay. Okay. So now what do you do? Well then. The, the next conversation is, well, Daniel might just be out and Reddick might be in the eight. Well, I'm not buying that one either. I think Hemrick stays. I'll tell you what I think happens with Tyler Reddick on the other side of the break. Back with more of the show after this. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke. 
302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science, it's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Hi, this is Ty Ingram, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Speaking of the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Rookie of the Year, we talked about Tyler extensively earlier in the program and uh, his needing to have a solid run at Vegas in the truck to advance to round two in the truck series playoffs. Welcome back to Lead Lap Radio, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And uh, we're going to continue with the program. We've got uh, Jeff Abold waiting in the pits to come out and go full throttle with us. We'll bring him on in just a moment to talk super modifieds, my favorite topic. In the meantime, let me finish uh, my point about the Xfinity series and, and the whole RCR thing and Tyler Reddick. We were talking about where we thought he might go and all the rumors about changes at RCR. Here's what I think happens. I think that RCR adds a third car next year for Tyler Reddick. That's what I believe happens. I think you see a third car. I think they'll get the sponsorship they need. Um, you know, Tyler has some connections that he was able to sort of bring into his racing and has been able to. Um, I believe that you see RCR expand to three cars. If Daniel Hemrick leaves, I don't believe that Hemrick will. I don't believe he replaces Bubba. I don't believe he goes to the 13 to replace Ty Dillon because Ty Dillon's not retiring. 
I believe Daniel Hemrick, if he has to leave RCR, would probably get an opportunity to go fill David Reagan's shoes at Front Row Motorsports. And I think that would be an interesting fit for for Daniel because that's a team that's on the rise. And I think that would be an excellent place for him to land if he needed to. Matt Tift had a great run at Indy. Uh, it was ruined when he got wrecked, but um, he had a top 15 run going and late in the race just had that bad luck. But Tift, actually, that was his by far his best performance at Front Row Motorsports this year. And it was good to see him uh, basically come up through the pack like that. Yeah, there's another one out there, too, that is on the market, and that's Matty D. Got to remember, he's yeah. looking for a seat as well. I mean, I don't like saying that. I wish, you know. I wish him the best. You know. Well, this is why I don't think we're done with the silly season surprises yet. Something big is going to drop. I don't know what it is. I, I thought maybe it would be Jimmy Johnson retiring. Now I don't think that's going to happen. He's he's too close to a win. I think he sees the light at the end of the tunnel. He'll come back next year to try and finish out his contract strong. Um, and But, but I, I, I think we've got one more shoe to drop here that's going to make a place for DeBenedetto. I'm not sure. But right now, if I had to guess, I'd say he probably goes Xfinity with Joe Gibbs next year in one of the cars. Maybe replacing Chris Bell, and I would too. Okay, with that, uh, we'll talk more about Xfinity later. Want to bring out Jeff Abel out of the pits and let him go full throttle with us here on Lead Lap Radio. Jeff, um, a driver who is, he's from, uh, this is a driver from New York, and uh, I I really am excited to talk to Jeff because uh, Jeff is the winner of the star super modified classic at star speedway in Epping, New Hampshire. This is one of the three races in the super modified triple crown. The Budweiser international classic at the swig on the Sandusky high miler classic are the other two at Sandusky speedway in Ohio. They're the other two legs of the triple. Um, Jeff's got on the, the swig classic win. He did that in, uh, I think it was 16 and um, he's now got a star speedway uh Star Classic wins. So the only thing left for you, Jeff Abold, is Sandusky and the High Miler. So my first question is, now that you've won two out of three, are you going to think about running Sandusky next year and trying to knock down the High Miler? Hey, well, thanks for having me on here. And uh, yeah, to answer your question, I I think it's going to have to be in the plans now. Um, we did. That was actually where we debuted the car uh, with the uh, Ismo wing on it. And uh, I, I definitely want to go back. It was a fun time there. Um, I think when we left there, we knew what we wanted to do to get better and better. Yeah. Um, and I think we've improved, um, you know, since that point and learned a lot. So, uh, yeah, I think it's it's something we, we kind of have to plan on. It's it's one of my kind of whatever you want to call secret goals or something I've, I've definitely always wanted to do. And, um, you know, being so close in the Star Classic, as much you just never know, it starts creeping your mind. Am I ever, ever going to win this thing? Just the same as the Swigo Classic and doing so. Now, having done that and everything, it's uh, uh, there's one one last piece of the puzzle there. So I, I think we'll put a little bit of effort into that and, and do it and, and see what we can do. And um, you know, uh, whether it's next year or whenever it might be, but I, I think it's definitely going to be in the works. You know, it's. It's interesting when I talk to, we have a national audience here on this show, and it's interesting when you talk to people who really aren't familiar with the super modifieds, or maybe they've seen them on TV, but they've never seen them in person or whatever. And you talk to them about a track like Star, which is a tiny little bull ring. And I heard an announcer 
way back when, um, and this wasn't at a, a racetrack. It was just a conversation. I think I think I was at dinner with a bunch of people one time at while we were at a at a track for a race, um, and we we were all sitting at dinner, and he we were talking about super modifieds at Star, and he said it's kind of like jet planes running around a gymnasium. That's, I, I'd say that's uh, that's pretty accurate there. I've always kind of talked about it. Uh, it's like riding a roller coaster, but you're in control. Um, that's kind of the way I've always put it. There, just you're you're constantly uh, in traffic, you're constantly in action, and uh, you know you just you got to hold on tight and and drive. And it's a it's definitely a a race trick. You just have to be on the wheel all the time with, and uh, it's uh, the the laps go by in a blink of an eye, and. Um, you know, it's just, it's just good solid racing all the time. Now you were, you ran a couple of laps under 11 seconds at star over the weekend. Was that a track record or how close were you if it wasn't? No, it's, I, I believe the record was, it was actually uh, a while ago. I think it was, um, uh, Brian Wood. Um, I think it's at 10, seven or so, Wow. um, which is, yeah, very quick around there. So, I'm still trying to figure out how they could have ever done that and everything because that's uh, going around there. And, and I was I was so excited to come around and see that uh, that ten nine lap. It was something I didn't know if we'd we'd be able to. And it, you know, it's um, it, it's something I barely ever seen. I think Mike Woodway Jr. did uh, did run a lap there about ten nine last year. Um, doing that, there hasn't been a whole lot of guys that have that have gotten that that speed of it. It's all you know. Sometimes we show up to that track and the conditions just aren't viable to do it. Um, this time it was, and, uh, you know, we built upon where we were last year. I think I timed around 11 one and, uh, a couple tenths at that track is an eternity just because it is so small. So, um, I was, I was really excited to, to get them and to get the, you know, pole position and everything for them and get that award and everything was just, just awesome. Can you explain what it feels like from the driver's seat to run 10.9 seconds around, the around star speedway in a big block super with all that power and the tires. I mean, I, the only thing I can liken it to that, that I've ever experienced is when I used to race go-karts and we'd run them indoors on the concrete and they were tiny little tracks and you're running like six second laps. And you know, the, the, the track gets tighter and tighter because the Coke syrup mixes with your rubber and whatever. And you, the, the cart sticks so much. The G forces are unbelievable. But I have no idea. Is that, is that even close to what it's like to drive? Obviously, it's a lot more horsepower and all that in a super. But is it the G forces? I mean, what is it? What does it feel like running that fast around that small of a track? Yeah, sure. It's 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 all relative. So it's exactly what it feels like. There's you know I, I've run when I ran quarter mid, just ran those outdoors different tracks, and we did run indoors during the the um, winter time, and that's exactly that's how right. you have that that tight grip feeling and everything there and. Um, that's kind of the way it is. The, you definitely have to be on the loose side of star speedway to be fast. If you're, if you're tight, you just can't make the turns. The corners are so tight coming out of the, uh, out of the second and fourth turn. Um, and you have to be able to make that turn and you're, you're, you want to get on the gas so soon, but you have to kind of hold back just a little bit because you'll end up putting yourself right in the wall if you do that, because it is just such a tight turn. And, um, you know, you just, it, it, it's kind of, everything's counterintuitive that what you want to do and everything. And you just, it's, it's, it's so hard to get a hold of that racetrack. Um, it's, it's tough. It is, uh, it's one of the toughest tests on, uh, the Isma circuit, um, trying to get a hold of it. And the, the track changes so much throughout the day from, uh, morning to afternoon to night. And you really have to keep up on it. So 
it's um it it it's amazing that the amount of downforce you have with the isma wing um you know a 24 square foot wing on top of the roof so it's it's doing everything it can to plant the car but you've got eight to nine hundred horsepower and a, a high gear ratio so that it just wants to get right up on the power band of the engine with that and uh it just fights each other you know that the tires want to spin but that that wing wants to plant you so you just you are just driving the car everywhere even when you're you know running half a second slower than that you're just you're you're manhandling the car around the track and it just it's a it's a radical feeling but it's just it's i just love that even just going up for a practice session up there it's so much fun um, I, I just I, I love it there i can imagine do, do you think your smaller track experience with the quarters and the midgets actually helped you to adapt so quickly to star because i know a lot of drivers that just haven't ever been able to figure out how to be fast enough to win there yeah it's there's you know, there's a lot of guys that have come and gone, and the, there's a long history of that racetrack. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to drive it with uh, when I ran the USAC Ford Focus Midgets. I won yeah. a race there. We ran a few there. I was able to drive for Bobby Seymour a couple times there in his uh, NEMA Midget. Um, and so running those tracks, a track like that, a track like Seekonk, which is another track rich in history, we had a lot of success there. Um, a lot of what I learned through those tracks and how to drive them um, you drive it more like you're driving that midget than you would how I drive the car at a Suico Speedway. Um, it's just a totally different experience there. So it, it definitely helped me there. It's just you, you pick up on a lot of things. And even setup-wise, there's a lot of things you can transfer over, which is typically, you know, the two cars are so different from each other, you typically can't do anything there. But, um, there's, yeah, there's a lot that we learned through those years and everything that they've translated into it and um, helped us be successful over the last uh, bunch of years going there. Well, I don't think there's any question that your team uh, has been so close and so consistent there over the last four or five years. And, and, you know, I think it's, I look at it as this year was sort of the culmination of all of that hard work. When we come back around the turn after the break, I want to talk to you a little bit more about what it was like to finally conquer that beast and also talk about the Oswego classic and, um, the outlook for 2020 as well. More with Jeff Abold on League Lap Radio presented by HMS Motorsport after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Motorsports Sales Professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. 
call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Well, that's an interesting re-entry. Casey Kane bringing us back here on League Lap Radio. And Casey actually got a chance a few years ago to jump into a Super Modified at the Oswego Speedway and looked really, really good in it, too, for his first time ever in the car uh, and still talks about that fondly. He was up there racing and promoting a uh, USAC Silver Crown event that they had there and uh, got a chance to run a Super. We've got uh, Super Modified uh, star Jeff Abold with us on the program. Jeff picked up the win in the Isma Star Speedway Super Modified Classic on Saturday and was kind of talking about what it was like in the last segment to race a Super around a track that small in about 10 seconds. Uh, But it was just a week before that, Jeff, that you were running the fast five eighths of a mile at the Oswego Speedway in 15.7 seconds, which is it's over 140 average. And I think it's pretty close to 150 average. And I want to ask you, can you explain the difference in the feeling from the driver's seat of running that fast at Oswego without the top wing, you've got the the tail wing on the car at Oswego and running star with the top wing in 10 seconds from the driver's point of view, because of the difference in track size from your perspective and your feeling, is there really that much of a difference in the sensation? It's, it's honestly the, the initial acceleration of the car at star speed because of the gear ratio and everything is the, the biggest uh, difference on it. Aside from that, you're, you're going so fast at Oswego Speedway, and even though we have less downforce with a smaller wing, um, it's sort of like when you see an IndyCar um, at uh, Indianapolis Motor Raceway. They, uh, they, it's a very small wing they run on the back there compared to a road course wing, um, but it'll produce similar downforce because of the speed difference. So Oswego, you're entering that corner at you know, twice the speed 
speed or, or uh, you know, maybe not quite that much to, at um, than you are at star, um, but you're producing a lot of downforce with that little, that small wing. Um, so when you're ending those corners, as long as everything's set up correctly, and that's, you know, it's all, hopefully you do, um, it, uh, the cars feel so solid right now and everything with how much aerodynamics they have on them. So, um, you know, running that 15-7 lap, the car just, that just felt amazing. But when you're trying to get that speed and, and really trying to go, it actually has a similar feel to start where you're just, you're, you're on the wheel and you're just trying to get every ounce of it that you can, you know, trying to, trying to not knock down the walls and knock down the inside wall yeah. of Swego Speedway and, um, just get around there. So in that sense, when you're trying to go as fast as you can, you're, um, you know, it, it feels more like you're in, you know, that go-kart or something like that. You're sure. just trying to get as much. But, um, yeah, most of the time there's there's differences around them. But, that, honestly, because of the, the relative, you know, speed difference and size of the wings, there's a lot of similarities to it, even for the huge differences in the track. Really a, a strong couple of weeks for you. Let's focus on the win at Star for a moment. To be able to go out and actually win that race, and I w- I'd like you to kind of just walk us through your, your day there and, and talk about – uh, the day as a whole, but to, to finally get that win had to be, I mean, I know the, the international classic in the Swigo is the Holy grail for supers. And you, you got that one a couple of years ago, but to, to be able to go out and get that win at star after being so competitive there for so many years had to feel in some ways just as good. Oh, it, it did in, in its own way for sure. I mean, like you said, the, the Oswego classic is, um, you know, obviously the pinnacle of, of, of sure. super modified racing, but these these races and this one especially after racing um, so many ISMA events early on in my career, and then we kind of you know it's been hit or miss for the last few years and everything, um, other than racing star and a little bit at Sandusky and all that. But uh, even just getting my first uh, ISMA win, um, you know that was something that kind of dawned on me after after all those tries, and then um, after how many years we've raced at star and been so close, so many second places, third places. Yeah. I think. Um, Somebody was telling it's it's been eight years straight of a top five there, um, wow. which I, I didn't realize at that point. It just but we left there last year. I was third, and I knew as soon as I got off the racetrack or really during the race there, if I could have made a pit stop or done something, to, I, I knew what I wanted different in the car and doing that. And I I we left that track there and we had a plan right from right from the get go at that point. Over the winter time, we were working, and then early um, this summer. This is a this is a race we have circled on the calendar, and we are going to work hard to to get back and and not have that disappointment, you know, anymore of uh, uh, of just missing out. So we came in with a plan. We had a great plan for the day we started. We were fast uh, right off the bat. The the car felt pretty good, but it wasn't where I wanted to be. So we started uh, throwing some different things at it, doing that until it, and it it always this car just responds to everything too. It's just a, a good race car in that sense and. Um, we kept getting faster and faster, and then finally I had a really good qualifying lap, and I just it gave me so much confidence going into that feature. Um, and then, you know, I was I was doing an interview after the race, and I said most of these races, the Oswego Classic, Sandusky, any of those, you have a, a plan going into the race, and you can pretty much always throw it right out the window at the drop of the green because <laughs> it changes immediately. Something goes on, anything, yeah. and this is one race that just the way I would have wanted it to go how I wanted to run it, what I was hoping for out of the car. It just, it's, it's like I, I wrote a script and it was just following it. It, it was just that good. And, uh, it just worked right out to the end. And, you know, I, I took the lead. It was around lap 45 and I looked up and, oh, okay, how many laps do we have? I looked and, oh, 80. Oh, geez. And, uh, <laughs> so I, now you got to stay out there and try to keep your composure for that long. But it's, um, 
125 lap race, and I think the whole race was 35 minutes. It's just over that quick. I so, was, um, in that sense, I was thankful. I was gonna that you read my mind because that's exactly where I was going. It, in in what I read, and from talking to a couple of people who were there, it seemed like there were there was it was just over just as quickly as it started. Very few issues, caution wise. I mean, nobody really, you know, it 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 just seemed like a really really quick, fast paced. And I have to believe that in some ways that makes it harder because you, you don't get as much opportunity to actually stop and take a breath. And on that track, I would think physically to, to, to run that fast for 35 minutes for the most part, you know, has to be a real physical challenge for you guys in terms of just, you know, again, the speed and the G force and all of that. Yeah. I, it's, it's something I would say the classic, the Oswego Classic is probably the most mentally challenged race. Yeah. The high miler in Sandusky, because it's always 95 degrees and, and humid and everything is, is, uh, is one of the more physically challenging races. And then Star Speedway, because of the uh, tight corners and you're yeah. always in traffic and you're always there, it's, it's kind of a combination of the two. Um, where it's just you're, you you have to, uh, you know, I say paying attention to you have to be just uh, have um, your wits about you the entire race, and then uh, you're just on the wheel the entire time. So, I mean, I, I saw pictures of myself when I got out of the car, and it, it looks like I just jumped in a pool or something. It just, <laughs> you're just, you're dripping, and uh, it's just, uh, yeah, and it was a cool night. I mean, it's it's 55 degrees or so, 60 degrees when we went to run it, so a very cool night, and but um, yeah, it's just a, it's a very demanding race on that, and um, I don't know if it would have been, but we only had the two cautions for us. We had a double file restart early on, and then the single file restart, which I was very happy to get once we got past halfway. It's a right. single file yeah. restart, and uh, I was hoping. I, I knew I had some lap cars in between myself and second. So, and uh, I honestly, I think I, I that's what I want to see is just keep it green from there. I wouldn't tighten up the field anymore, and uh, just kind of run out. Once you get into that groove of racing, you're not really thinking about, you know, are my are my arms going to fall off here? Am I uh, you know, the G forces at Johnny and yeah. everything. And then by the time, once that checkered flag falls down, then, then everything starts to hit you where you're at and, um, pretty sore the next day, obviously. But, um, yeah, I think it, it went exactly how I, if, if you could ask me how I want it to go, it's just exactly how it went. Yeah. And you talk about being sore the next day. It's kind of one of those, I would imagine anyway, one of those, you're sort of hurting all over, which isn't as bad as, you know, you actually injured something. It's just that sure. punishment on your body for that long. Yep, it's absolutely. I mean, the, it, just the amount, the, the fumes, the, the, you know, or alcohol, um, methanol burning methanol, cars and yeah. everything, the fumes that's going through there, the, your eyes are sore the next day, your, your, you muscles are sore that you didn't even know you'd be using while you're driving a race car and everything. And now you're driving home five and a half hours to head home and everything. And, uh, by the time you get out of the car and everything, you know the first rest stop or one of those places, you're you're hobbling to yeah, try to just go board. inside and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's uh, it makes the ride home a little easier when you have a night like we did. Absolutely, yeah, that's phenomenal, and congratulations to you and the team. Um, okay, now mm-hmm. we can talk about the Oswego Classic too, because again, you know you obviously didn't win that this year, but you had a great run to finish fourth. It was a good top five finish. And that race, obviously, Tyler Thompson had you guys covered pretty much. But the thing that really amazed me about that race was how many of you top guys actually finished the race and were still running strong. 
you don't always get that in the classic, but there wasn't as much attrition at the front of the field as what we've seen in the past. And, you know, I would think that you would still have been really happy just to finish in the top five, um, you know, in that race, especially given that you all went into it not knowing what was going to happen because it was the first time you'd run the top wing there or the uh, tail wing yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it, it was kind of a question mark of what, how the race would play out, uh, tire wear, things like that, because that's always a factor. And obviously, fuel mileage was the big question of the day for everybody. Um, that it's such a long weekend between qualifying. That's a three day. It's essentially a three day race. The way it works out with it, and uh, by the time you get there, getting a top five and everything is it, it is awesome. And looking back on it, I was I was certainly disappointed with that. I just it, and I I put it on myself that I. I missed on what I needed uh, from the car for the setup and everything, and there was question marks of whether there was, um, uh, just like you said, those questions of what the wing would do, and I was trying to be a little conservative on what I wanted in the setup, and I it, it wasn't uh, because it is the classic and, and everything. You don't want to overdo it. I right. want you to look for the setup, but I it, I just missed on what I, I, I usually kind of pride myself on being able to find what I need for that race to find and groove. Early on, I thought I kind of had it, but once I hit, close to midway and i wanted to start picking up a little bit and keep up with uh uh the front guys i just i couldn't and it's not a good sign when you're at that point of the race and you just can't do that and you just don't have any more to it so same thing with that race i right middle of the race i'm sitting there thinking well if i had a dual what would i want to do and i, I was already thinking about that stuff and and going on and um so I, I think going into the next ones i i know more and i i you know learned a valuable lesson from it what i need to get out of the car for that race and everything. So, and, um, you know, hats off to Tyler because yeah. he drove a, a phenomenal race with it. Absolutely. It's, the way he did it and the way the, the race worked out, it's kind of like all the stars align with it and everything there with it. We just had, like you said, the front end of the field, we didn't have much attrition or many issues. The back end, and it seemed like every caution we had was a very long caution. We ran a lot of caution laps. Um, and it, uh, it kind of changed the race. It was a very strange classic this year, the way it, it kind of played out. It was. Um, yep. it, it wasn't a very typical uh, race there. So, But the strategy that Tyler came up and his crew and everything, it, it worked out with it. And, um, you know, same thing. A lot of times when you come up with a strategy, sometimes it won't work out, sometimes it will. And they, they had the right one for the day. And that's it's there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, the way they, they did that. And, um, he, uh, and he did a great job with it. And we... The way I had planned for the race to go just was it wasn't the way it went, and it just it uh, it worked out. The car was very good in the last twenty laps or so, but I needed that race car uh, probably forty laps. I was going to say about fifty to go, and right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yep. it just it just wasn't there, but um, it was just too a little too late for that one. But it's lesson learned, and we uh, we move on uh, to the next time. And with that, we will uh, ask Jeff to hang on one more time. We step aside. More of We Lap Radio with. Jeff Abold, right around the turn. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive. 
progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. We definitely made uh, Spencer kind of a dance music re-entry there. Uh, we'll have to actually get him in here to the studio and see if he can actually dance worthy enough for that uh, music. Welcome back to Lead Lap Radio. Uh, we are talking with Jeff Abold. And Jeff is, uh, of course, the winner of the Isma Supermodified Classic at Star Speedway this week past weekend and then the weekend before two weeks ago he finished fourth at oswego speedway in their Budweiser international classic for those of you who would like to actually watch the international classic how do i watch it well you can keep your eye on mav tv particularly keep your eye on speed sports show on mad mav tv because speed sport once again will be televising the Budweiser International Classic. I'm not sure what the date of air is, uh, but uh, on their MAV TV show, they will have uh, the Budweiser International Classic from Oswego, so you'll get to watch that coming up here very soon. Um, Jeff, you've you've had a good season overall, and when you kind of look back on it now, um, you know, first season for the Tailwing in Oswego, and of course, you know, you you probably almost more so than about anybody else there, the consistency that you had 
especially as you came down the stretch, was pretty spectacular. How do you think overall the tail wing package on the cars at the Oswego Speedway worked out this year? I, I mean, from my perspective, uh, I mean, personally, it worked out uh, very well for us. It was something that was, uh, I think, a final piece of the puzzle for something that we were needing at the Speedway. Um, overall, for the Speedway, I think it was a, a very good thing, and I, I think um, I agree. Uh, in the sh- in the short run, it, we had some really good racing this year, which we've had good racing in the past. But um, I I felt it was better. I think you had more um, guys and girls this year that yeah. uh, racing that uh, you had more more consistently passing and coming up through the field. And there was it was tough going once you got to the very front end because you have some very consistent fast. Um, uh, racers up yeah. there, um, and going, so it, it was hard to get up to win, but I had, you know, right down the stretch the last month of the season, I was able to come from, uh, 10th a few times and, and, and finish podium. And that was, you know, the, I think the last three races of the season, I was on the podium with it starting deep in the field. And I, I could not, I couldn't even dream of doing that before. Um, and it was just, uh, you know, a lot of work to get to that point and then, you know, final setup and everything. But I think overall speedway, and I think in the long run, um, for what I'm hearing, and there was a lot of excitement when I got to Star Speedway and talking to a lot of drivers that haven't been to the Speedway yet or, or you know, plan to and everything. There was a lot of excitement for what can be done and a lot of good ideas and um, some some good thoughts on everything. So I, I'm excited for, for what the future holds for it. I, I was a little um, distraught over the last few years of what the, the future of Super Modifieds would be. Yeah. Um, and I think it has a much clearer direction now and um, uh, some some good people in leadership positions that are working together a lot, you know, in, in the forefront and a lot behind the scenes, I think, to, um, to really push everything forward for it. So I, I think um, if, if Oswego's strong, uh, that is the base of Super Modifieds. I think that kind of spreads out to the, the, the rest of it and, and, and helps everything there. So I think that's the, the first place starting that. That was a good base this year. It's a good, strong showing, and I think it's only going to, um, to fan out to the rest of the series and, and really help out. I'm going to ask you this question and I'm going to share some thoughts on our inside groove podcast coming up uh, on Wednesday that we do. That's uh, exclusively super modified. For those that haven't heard inside groove yet, if you're a super modified fan or you'd like to check that out um, on Facebook or on Twitter at inside groove podcast is what it is. And, um, Camden proud and I co-hosted Jeff, I'm going to ask you this question for your opinion. Um, do you think that maybe it's time that there at least be some discussion about unifying the super modified car, uh, in the Northeast amongst the series, various series, removing the top wing and everybody going to the tail wing. So we have one car and then setting up a schedule where there aren't conflicts in the schedule, we can have some touring series races that maybe can be double headers, um, where you go, you know, one night to some track, then do a swiggo or a swiggo, then some track like they used to do. Um, and, and just kind of eliminate the conflicts to try and draw more cars to every race that that's available because Isma's car counts obviously been dropping. MSS has, has, has struggled to get past say the dozen mark, um, what are you, what are your thoughts on the idea of 
um, making all the cars basically the same so that everybody can travel and just not have to worry about changing cars over at this point. Yeah, I, I, I think it's the direction it, in some way, shape, or form it has to happen that way. Um, however it's done, there, there may be some different um, details with that. Um, but, yeah, I, any, anything right now that will help uh, unify all the different sanctioning bodies yeah. and get more supers on the same track at the same time are, are good rule changes. That's what this, this tailwing was all about at Oswego, is giving that ability. It's, a, it's what I call an inclusive rule. Yeah. It didn't exclude any super modified in the country. Every car could, could do this. There have been some rules in the past, the different series that would exclude cars. Um, but this is definitely, you know, an inclusion or hero with that. So anything that does that, I think is a big deal. Now, how, how that's done, I think just like you said, it's, the the scheduling conflicts have to, to be hammered out, which is very hard because you have such a, a short spring and summer in the, right. the Northeast. So I uh, have to figure that part of it out and do that. However they do that, then that's, that's a, that's a key factor. That's something they used to have back in the early nineties. Um, for whatever reason, they, they got away from it and it started scheduling against each other. I think that really, really hurt, um, even in the short term, yes. if it was okay, but it, it, it definitely hurt in the long run for both divisions, um, um, or all, all three divisions, I should say. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's what needs to be done, yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. Okay, so uh, we've got a big race, obviously, left at Thompson. Do you see yourself traveling to Thompson for... Uh, the the big race up there at the end of the year uh or are you basically done with your season at this point we we've thought about it after such a good run there it's, it's definitely something that comes up when we kind of talk to ourselves but i i think at this point it's that we're we're going to kind of call it a season here and get rolling it's been a, a pretty a pretty long summer so far and everything and um not that you know i i, I think we could be competitive at thompson um oh, we're not so too yeah, I, I mean, aero-wise, everything like that stuff, our engine program-wise, we have a, a great engine in the car, everything. There are some differences between a, a pure-built ISMA engine versus, uh, you know, what we have for a Suigo Speedway. Yeah. Um, Star Speedway, it's not uh, not a dramatic difference. A place like Thompson, it's a little bit. I think we could go there and have a very good showing, and we might even surprise ourselves and everything, but um, it's just uh, to, to do that and not be running for ISMA points or anything and do that point and we kind of want to get an early start on the car and get rolling for next season. So I think we're going to probably plan on that, um, you know, and just, and just get going there and try to get as much work as we can done before the, the busy winter for us. So, um, but, um, yeah, kind of keep a, a watchful eye on what's going on with everybody and just keep talking with other teams and stuff. And, uh, honestly help out as much as we can to try to do what you're just talking about and, um, get, get the ball rolling, get everything unified and, and then see if we can, uh, see if we can make, you know, super modified stronger and, um, just get a good positive outlook on the future for them. Well, I know that, uh, you can't do any of this by yourself and this is a national show. So this is an opportunity to, uh, you know, to show off your, your sponsors, your team, uh, whoever you'd like to thank, because I know it's, uh, it, it's a big group for you. You got about a minute. Yeah, and a half. It's, Okay. Yeah. Um, I, obviously my family and my crew, um, everybody with their support, my, my mother and my father for everything they've done, my grandparents, um, all my crew guys are in the shop and at the track for us to do, do a great job. My wife, Amy, for all the, the support she gives me and letting me go play with all the other boys and girls on Saturday nights is, uh, <laughs> is great. And, uh, our sponsors, we have, uh, AMP Auto Parts, who's been with us as a family business for a yeah. long time. 
um, part of the PRP Northeast, everything that they do, um, helping us out. Um, Skip's Fish Fry, who came on board with us a couple years ago, and Sean Kafka is a great guy, and everything that they've done uh, has been fantastic. Uh, Magic Wand Construction, who's uh, business with one of our crew guys there, yeah, uh, that came on board yep. recently. Mike Spath, yep, and great, great guy there. And uh, Trucks Are Us, who's another local business for us that's, uh, that's helped us out the last few years and everything. So um, just a big thanks to all of them and uh, uh, just a, a really good, good, solid, great season for us. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to starting up again next year. See, Mike and I graduated together. I don't know if you knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You did, um, yeah. yeah, did talk, yeah. Yep. That's how old he is. He's much older than he looks. <laughs> I can't say the same. He kind of aged like fine wine and I aged like milk, but that's a whole other uh, whole other conversation. But, Jeff, we appreciate you uh, taking some time to come on Lead Lap with us and, and talk, and uh, we're going to repurpose this for Inside Grooves podcast uh, this week as well. So, um, you know, again, congratulations on a huge win in the uh, Star Classic. I know that was one that you really, really wanted badly. And to see you go out and and have the kind of success that you did and run that lap that you did at 10-9, pretty spectacular weekend for you. Yep, great way to end the season for us and just capped off a really solid season. And I'm, I'm sorry. So thanks for having me on, Tom. And uh, I, re- I really appreciate uh, everything you're doing for us. Absolutely. Jeff Abel, and uh, we're stepping aside. Back with more after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. 
HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a Facebook message and tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Now, see, that's how you go into a lightning round with that kind of music right there. And Chandler Smith bringing us back. Welcome back to Lead Lap Radio, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And I would encourage you, I mentioned this earlier, I'm going to mention it again. I would encourage you to go to the Race Chaser Media Facebook page and just click on the videos tab on that page and scroll down. There are a bunch of safety videos there that we did from HMS Motorsport. We've accumulated those over the last couple of years since we've been doing a few live remotes a year. And uh, if you're a driver or a team owner, you're going to want to go through and check those out. There's a lot of very good information in there about uh, whether it's belts or fire protection, uh, fire safety equipment, um, onboard fire systems, that kind of thing, or helmets. Um, Lots of good information there, fireproof underwear. Um, So uh, please Take the time to go do that and uh, educate yourself. You might find that you need to replace some equipment. And uh, that's certainly something we encourage you to do because you you can never be too safe when you're in a race car. Okay. No, you can't. This is the lightning round, James Mellick. And oh, uh, yeah. there's nobody in the WSIC studio here in Statesville, North Carolina, except you and I tonight. Time to get this lightning um, round underway. So, yeah, you and I are going to hit the lightning round and we're going to talk playoffs. Playoffs. Um, yeah, we've already if, if we've already eliminated the Dolphins and I think the Steelers. Honestly, if they don't get any better than they uh, were yeah. last night out of the yep. playoffs, they're not going. We know the Dolphins aren't because they're tanking. Oh um, my, they had a so, terrible thing. I saw well, something funny real quick. I go ahead. Say. I was watching Fox NFL Sunday with uh, Colin and all them. Yeah, and they asked Colin. They said, "Do you think that the Dolphins have a chance to make the playoffs?" He says, um, "They'll be eliminated after six minutes." Well, he wasn't far off. <laughs> he was I not mean, far that off. was just that was embarrassing. Um, okay, so back to motorsports cup playoffs, NASCAR cup playoffs. Um, we've got our 16 car field. It does not include Jimmy Johnson for the first time. It does include Ryan Newman, and and I got to tell you, look, I I don't always like the decisions Ryan makes as far as how he drives and you know, in, in the way that he deals with being a lap car or whatever, but I've got to hand it to him and that Roush Fenway team, the sixth team, because they got it together this year. 
This is the best year overall that that team has had in many years. Um, that team, when Trevor Bain was driving the car, was a dumpster fire. Um, and they've really turned things around over there, and I'm happy to see it. Ryan Newman sneaks in, but he's been here before, James, yep. and he almost won the championship the first year by doing the exact same thing. Now I think the 31 car at that time was faster and better than what the six is, but he got all the way to the final four and finished second to Harvick. He almost pulled it off. Yeah, that's exactly without winning a race during the regular season. So here's my first lightning round question. Does Ryan Newman make it out around one? I think he can make it out around one. He's just going to stay consistent. Somebody's going to have trouble and he's going to find a way to stay consistent and make it into the next round. That's what I see. I don't like putting bad luck on anybody, but I think that somebody's going to have a little bit of bad luck, and he'll slide in. See, I agree with you. I think he makes it to round two, and I think he's done. Um, because the, the car hasn't shown enough speed to run top five on a consistent basis, and I think as you get, as you get from round one, okay, you eliminate four. He might be able to finish average well enough to sneak into round two. But by the time you get to round two, you better at least be able to run toward the top five. I don't, I don't think he goes past that. But honestly, if they could get to the second round of the playoffs, that's almost a championship for that team. Yeah. And if they can build on that and make as much forward progress in 20 as they did in 19, I could see them actually being able to contend for top fives and maybe a win here or there. Yeah, I mean, they were up top. They were up there running for championships when they had Carl and uh, Carl left and they went, you know, kind of just disappeared for a little bit. And now they're back up there in contention well, for, you know, uh, running up front again. And they lost all good. their guys. They lost yeah. Carl, Matt and Greg in all that stretch. Time. Right. And then, yeah. you know, you, you brought in Trevor and Ricky and, you they know, Ricky's young. had varying degrees of success. Yeah. They were young and, and, but they just, from a performance standpoint, they, they just fell right off the cliff. Um, and I don't believe that Trevor really, maybe beyond his first season with them, ever had a bona fide quality top 10 to 15 car to race with, except maybe on the occasional race um, ever again. I think the six team, because they weren't six and the 17 weren't on the same page for a lot of that time, and especially at the end. Um, and then we brought Matt in, and I'm sure Matt offered some positive feedback to help them get back on the right track. And then Ryan has come in. They brought in Scott Graves and they've really gotten that team back to where it needs to be. I feel like the 17 team is there. It's just, you know, there are too many times when Ricky either gets caught up in something or he causes something. Um, you know, if, if, if they can, if they can build on the sixes progress for next year and make, some forward progress with the 17 that team could be at least back to steady you know playoff contender status that would be a huge deal for them yeah and scott graves i don't know if anybody knows or knows or remembers this but scott graves won the championship with chris bush back when busher was running that 60 xfinity cart rash yep. so i mean he knows how to put a car together well he does and it was good to see him go over there when he went there with ryan for this year I felt like that could be an interesting combination because whether you like Ryan or you don't like Ryan, Ryan gives you a hundred percent every single lap he's in the car. So if the car has got 
X amount of speed, he's going to find it. So if the car doesn't run well, it isn't because Ryan didn't drive it well. It's because the car didn't have it. So, you know, this is a, a, a big, big deal, I think, for that team to just get into the playoffs. We'll see how far they can go. Okay, um, we've been talking Toyota for most of the season. And, you know, I understand, you know, again, full disclosure, James is a member of LFR, which is a Toyota team. Oh, yeah. But try to avoid the bias of that and just put your your fan hat on do you still believe that this championship is toyota's to lose even though we've seen in the last few weeks some of the other teams like kevin harvick start to get hot again i do truthfully i really do i think that the the gibbs team is just so hot i really do i mean you got kyle over there who's going to the xfinity races and winning those Truex, already a proven champion. Jones has came in there late in the year and went and won a race. And then you have uh, Hamlin, who's won multiple races this year, this year as well. And I just think they're all just clicking over there. And Toyota seems to have everything in a line right now. And I think it's theirs to lose for sure. If there was a non-Toyota that you were to be concerned about breaking that Toyota hold on the championship... Who is it out of the 16? Which driver outside of the Toyota camp are you most, do you think is most likely? Uh, I'm going to say it's Harvick. Harvick's been the one that's been the biggest threat, I think, out of anybody other than a Toyota driver. I think he's the one you got to watch out for. See, I'm I'm going to go with Joey Logano. You think Joey again? Yes. And, and, and again, you watch how yesterday ha- happened. And... Joey wasn't spectacular, but there he was. He was up front. See, yeah. I think I think Penske's been experimenting a lot. And, and you know, once you've won a couple of races and you're in the playoffs, you can spend a lot of time doing R&D, as long as you can keep yourself relatively in the race. And, and you know, you, so all of a sudden, there he was again. And I just, I think Joey, and I do agree that Kevin's going to be tough. I'm going to tell you who I think my dark horse is. And this is this may surprise some people, but once we get into the playoffs, Kurt Busch. You like Kurt Busch? I think Kurt's got some speed. And, you know, Kurt's on the verge of an extension, it appears, anyway. Yep. He's been rejuvenated over there. What do you think about Kyle Larson? I want to ask you about that one. I know he hasn't had the greatest year, but do you think he has a shot? To, do uh, anything in, to win in the, the championship, no. Do you even have think he has a shot to get to the final four? No, I just don't, and, and I don't have that faith in in Kyle. I I I'm probably going to get mail for that. That's okay. Um, I just it, you know, there's races where he shows up and you think, oh, good, he's he's kind of got, and then he goes out the next time and he's there's just nothing. And I I don't want to blame Kyle for that. I think it's some sort of a combination of things, but. No, I just don't. I I think if he gets to Homestead, he's the biggest. He could be dangerous because he loves Homestead. He does really yeah. well there. But you got to get there. And you look up top. You got Kyle. You got Bush. You got Hamlin. You got Truex. You got Harvick. You got Logano. I think Chase Elliott's going to factor. I think Kurt Busch is going to factor. Eric Jones might factor. Yeah. Um. You know, I think those are the guys you got to watch. You know, the rest of the guys, I mean, I don't want to count Keselowski out, but I haven't seen as much consistency from Brad as from Joey. Um, you know, I I just, I don't feel it with Kyle Larson right now. I, I would love to think differently, but I just don't feel it. 
Okay. I just, just don't feel it. I, there. Cause I know um, everybody always talks about Homestead. If Kyle makes it there, he's the favorite. That's what they always talk about on TV. I just didn't know if you thought he could even get there this year. I don't. I don't see him in the final four. In fact, I'd be surprised if he got past round two. Okay. That's that's I hope I'm wrong because Kyle in the final four would be a whole lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun to watch at Homestead. Okay, so we've got under a minute here. Pick a champion. Who wins this year's championship? Man, that's a tough one. I was sitting here thinking about that, just on the side thinking about who I would take. Um, honestly, it's hard for me to bet against that 18 team. It really is because Kyle can drive any kind of track. He can drive the top. He can drive the bottom. He's still with Adam Stevens. Him and Adam have been working together for a long time, yep. even back in the Xfinity days when he was in that 54 monster car. So it's tough to bet against that crew. I'm going to take Kyle. It is tough to bet against him, but I'm going to. I just feel like this is FedEx time. Denny Hamlin's gonna gonna he's he's gonna make it happen this year. Different Denny mentally than what we've seen in the past. I think this is Denny Hamlin's year to win the championship. We'll see how it goes. Thanks for being a part of We Lap. More next week on PMN. Bye. You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio, powered by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of the show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.